everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Handsome Boys from our studio in my living room. Live uh, from Nathan's living room. That's right. Uh, we watched a movie this week uh, instead of two. So, you know, this is just going to be a thing. Sometimes we're going to do so two. Sometimes we're going to do one. This episode is going to be half as good as the other ones. Yeah, right. Um, but the movie that we watched is twice as good as some of the ones that we have watched. Oh, okay. So that math works <laughs> so out. So that works out. will be fine. Uh, Chris, how are you doing this week, man? What did you get up to? Great, buddy. Uh, TGIF. A long right. week of work. We're recording on Friday. It's rare. Got rare a Friday. three-day weekend coming up. I'm pretty pumped. Nice. You didn't earn it. No, did not earn no. it. No. No. Okay. But if they take it away from me, I'll raise hell. <laughs> I'll, I'll blow this place to the ground. <laughs> yeah. You work from home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you play or watch anything of note this week? Well, Nathan, by the grace of the lords of Kobol and the one true Cylon oh, god, right, 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 uh, right, right. Oh, Battlestar fuck. Galactica has been put up on Amazon Prime streaming. And I was... Been there for so long. Yeah, about... Uh, well, no, it wasn't when I went to watch it like a year ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but I've only been using Prime for like a year, so... Yeah, it's there now is the important thing. So I picked up from where I left off. I was Fair on like enough. episode Fair four. Enough. And now I'm deep into season two and shit's real crazy. I'm not going to say any spoilers because it seems to be one that like a lot of even sci-fi fans have missed. I asked a few people recently that... Yeah, who are like... You know, 20, like, who are like, like Star 20. Trek and stuff and... Yeah. No, dude, the reason for that is because Trekkies don't like Battlestar. It's too real and gritty for them. But people who like the new Star Trek, like Picard and Discovery, that's inspired by Battlestar Galactica, will probably like it. But people don't know that... Battlestar doesn't exist without Ronald D. Moore, who was a big TNG and Deep Space Nine guy, right? Exactly, so, yeah. It's got his fingerprints all it does, over it, yeah. There's so. a lot of DS9 in it. Oh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you finally got into it. You're on season two now, so they're yeah. back on Caprica, Starbucks there with, like, Anders and all those guys trying to save them and stuff, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. A- AKA Vancouver. Yeah, downtown Vancouver, <laughs> yeah. shot through, like, a filter and, like, with all the people. And running. then and then the, uh, the battles, the, the Galactica and those guys are on the far distant planet of Cobol, aka North Vancouver. Or Vancouver Island. Or Vancouver Island. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you're into that. I really love Battlestar. I should definitely do that. I do another watch of that again. It's just, I mean, it's like it's great, man. It's, it's like long, a, and there's so many seasons. Yeah, it's like a, a war show, war movie kind military of thing. Kind of. Yeah, it's real military. I mean, like a lot, I don't of, wanna, lot of cool space battles. I don't want to scare you, but like there, like there are a couple of moments in season three, I think, where it lagged a little bit. But other than that, it's one of the best shows I, of all. Time. Well, this is the thing: is it's still getting made at a time where the, these sci-fi shows, hour-long show, had to have like a 24-episode season or something. But they split them up, right? And what they did was they, they would split the seasons into two parts, charge you for each DVD set the same amount of money, <laughs> and split them up by like a year. So like the show only has four I seasons. I think it's four seasons. But those four seasons are spread out over like six years. Like I think it premiered, the miniseries premiered in 2003. I think the show wasn't done till like 2010 or 2011. I, I mentioned it to my buddy Dave, and he's like, yeah, I started watching a couple episodes. I didn't really get into it. And he's like telling me what was going on. He's like, I was so confused right off the bat. And I was like, did you watch the miniseries beforehand? And he was like, the what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's yeah. like a hour and a half, like bunch of content like that sets two, it up. Two, two and a half hours. hours without Yeah, and he's like, right? oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's key. You need to watch the miniseries. So good job, Dave. Yeah. Fucking idiot. He's going to give it another go now. Good, I'm glad. What about you? What are you, uh, what are you up to? 
Well, I feel like I don't even know you anymore. What are you, really, what are you up to? I don't think I really watched anything new this week. I watched a lot of The Office and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I watched this movie. And these are television shows? These are television shows. Uh, I watch a lot of movies. I've been playing. I got real deep into Ghost Recon Wildlands. Dope. Which is the last iteration because apparently the new one's not very good. But I keep hearing the last one. Like once they fixed it and patched it and did all sorts of crazy stuff to it, it's good. So I picked that up on sale uh, on the Epic Game Store. Nice. Uh, for like sixteen bucks and. I'm a Far Cry guy, and this is by Ubisoft, and it's basically just Far Cry without the psychedelic drug trips and the third person, so I'm in heaven, and uh, I'm pr- probably going to be playing this game for a while. What sort so, of uh, minorities are you killing in this game? Uh, Latino ones. It's in <laughs> Bolivia, so you're, but you're fighting the cartel plus their right-wing, ultra-right-wing you know, military dictatorship government, so you're only killing bad brown-skinned people in this right, game. Right, right. And I'm pretty sure at least two of the guys on my squad are Tom minorities. Clancy's real careful about that. <laughs> Yeah, he's, as I understood, was a really, you know, reserved, non-patriotic man. Woke guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I uh, I did not have the biggest week in terms of entertainment. We're kind of seeing a dearth in content these days, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I think we'll have to wait a little while before the new shows come out. There's later. some shows coming up that I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, The Boys that. Season 2. The Boys Season 2 yeah. coming back. At Umbrella Academy Season 2. So um, The, other, or- the al- Orville. Other non-alternative superhero TV shows will yeah. be coming out. But uh, I don't really want to talk about that anymore. I want to talk about this movie. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about a really strange film that we're going to put on all of your radars. Hell yeah. All right. Okay, we're back, and Chris, why don't you tell us about the movie we're going to watch, or we're going to speak about this week. We're going to watch it? We already watched it. I, think I already watched it. Was that, should I not have? No, you fucked up. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, well, Nathan, we're going to talk about a Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, the 1990 action horror sci-fi film Hardware yes which I had never heard of you had never heard of you know what a lot of people haven't heard of this movie and they should so it came out in 1990 it was directed by Richard Stanley who most recently did Color Out of Space uh, with Nicolas Cage got a budget of 1.5 million dollars it grossed 5.7 million which doesn't sound like a lot but that's a big profit for a movie like this Um, yeah that's by my math that's 4,000% profit so they did they did well with this Um, there's more actually I want to talk about uh, I have to get into about Richard Stanley but we'll wait until what we learn for that Um, but it is a movie not a lot of people know about it it owes a ton to Terminator but then quickly diverges from that uh, from those tropes and kind of becomes its own thing and it's really interesting, so let's uh, let's dive on in. Let's um, dive on in. Uh, it starts out with a quote: "No flesh shall be spared." Yeah, Mark thirteen. Yeah, which isn't really that's not how Bible verses work. It's Mark chapter thirteen. It's one of the verses. Yeah, well, Austin three sixteen, whatever you know. So, <laughs> uh, but we open up uh, in a in a post apocalyptic wasteland, like a desert. Red, red desert landscape. Yeah, and uh, a lone wanderer is kind of just walking around. Who I assume is Slash from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> it's actually funny you say that. It's Carl McCoy from, uh, what did we just discover the band was? Bride of the Nephilim. Okay. Which is an English goth rock band. So Great. Um, he's walking around. Apparently they're famous in England. Uh, he's walking around looking for stuff, and he sees a hand poking out of the sand. Yeah, he, he approaches like a barbed wire fence that's blocking off, I guess, landmines? I guess, yeah. La- like. Yeah, landmines, yeah. Yeah, and there's a, the metal robot hand sticking out of the sand. 
Uh, he digs that out, and then he also finds a head. We well, finds like a bunch of the parts. Right? A bunch of parts, including yeah. a, a fucking cool ass looking robot head. Yeah, it's a cool looking robot. Head. I wasn't sure if it was a helmet or a head at first, but it's it a is. Head. It is a head. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then he makes his way, this lone traveler guy, makes his way into town, which is this kind of crazy, dystopian... It's just a shitty rundown shitty shanty, basically, right? right? Like, everything's gone to shit. We don't really know what happened. Some type of nuclear war at some point. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We get something before he goes into town. We get our first bit of the radio ah. uh, from... Voiced by uh, legendary musician Iggy Pop. Yeah, uh, uh, Angry Ang- Bob. Angry Bob. Does he refer to his industrial... Dick? Yeah, the man. This is Angry Bob, the man with the industrial dick. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if, like, Iggy had. Well, first of all, like, good on Iggy for, like, using an American accent, not a Scottish brogue here. Like, that's pretty impressive. He's definitely channeling, like, Like Wolfman Murdoch. Wolfman Pat. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, one of those guys, right? Like, he's just. Like, it's pretty good. And he's, he's, he's our window into the exposition of what's going on in this cold industrial landscape. Yeah, he says a bunch of shit here. So first of all, his radio station is WAR Radio. <laughs> and uh, he gives the weather report, which is that radiation is up. Yeah. And uh, hotter and hotter. <laughs> at the very end, he says, uh, as for the good news, there is no fucking good news. <laughs> I love it. So right off the bat, like, this movie is, like, totally strange. Real strange. <laughs> you know, like, you're not really sure. Are you watching, are we watching, like, a satire? Because the beginning is pretty, like, ominous, right? The music that plays while uh, the wanderer is digging the um, digging the robot out is pretty like serious music, right? Yeah, there's it's a lot of cool. I mean, it's it's a little disjointed, but it's there's a lot of cool music in this movie. There is, there is there's some uh, real ambient stuff and some real trippy stuff. Some synthy stuff. Yeah, uh, there's a great song later. I'll, I'll mention when we get there. All right. Um. Yeah. Uh, and then we just meet. Uh, Shades and uh, Mo. They just we just see them walking together, right? Yeah. So we don't know them. their names right off the bat, but yeah, you got Moses Baxter, aka Mo, or Hard Mo, as he's credited on Wikipedia. Hard Mo, eh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and his buddy Shades, played by Irish actor John Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, so pick, you've definitely pick, seen him in other pick Irish that movies. Irish accent out right away. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the two of them go to this merchant guy. Yeah, so it's established kind of that uh, Moe's just come back from the zone, they call it, right? right? He was in the zone. He's a Marine, a private a private Marine or something like that, right? Yeah, you something know. to do with the military. Yeah, so he's back now, and, he, and Shades is his best bud who's come to meet him, I guess, is what it is. Right. Um, so they go to this merchant guy who we learn is Alvy. Um, famous little person actor. I didn't get his name. I didn't get his name either. Um, but it doesn't matter, Nathan. Because he's a midget and they're not really people. Yeah, that's not I'm really so where, sorry. where I was not, going with that. But That's not really what I meant. Uh, <laughs> no, and, we can find this. Edit that out. We'll find his name real quick here. Uh, it is uh, Mark Northover. Mark Northover, yeah. yeah. British actor. Uh, he is, to me, most famous yes, as please, please. Burgle Cut, the, um, I guess, like... What is this? He's like the mayor or something. He's like the the, the chief, chief of the little village um, that Wi- village. Willow is from in the movie Willow. He sure is. It's yeah. an amazing movie. Everybody he's, should watch, and we will talk about one day. One day for sure. And he's kind of mean in that in that movie. But yeah, he's this, a dick. He's a bully to to, to Willow. To Willow, yeah, yeah, because he's a bigger midget. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, bigger little person, sorry. Uh, I will not make that mistake five more times. He's a midget amongst little people. Um, so uh, he, you know, th- obviously this is something they do. They go to this guy. They try to sell him his crap. They try to sell him their crap that they've scrounged up from out in the zone, from out in the zone or wherever. He, he goes into the back for a minute. Yeah. This. So this is key. Now, the first time I saw this movie, I completely. This is, this is I think, the third time I've seen it. But the first time I, I saw this movie, I completely missed this part. So I didn't understand. Aldi's relevant. So when he goes to the back, uh, the wanderer comes in. That's when this wanderer guy comes in. And he pulls his shit out. And and Moses and and uh, uh, Shades start kind of going through it. Yeah, they're really into it. Yeah. And uh, so Mo, Mo sees the, the, the gear, the robot's gear, and he's like, how much for this? I want it. Yeah. They haggle. Give, eventually buys off him for 50 quatlus? I don't know. C's? Sure. Q? Q's? Is that what it is? 50 Q's? 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 I don't know I don't what know. it is. Um, he also, uh, the Wanderer guy says he found it out in the Dune Sea, so I guess... Star out, Wars reference. I guess out by old Ben Kenobi's yeah, place. Star Wars reference, I caught that immediately. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I don't that know if that was wrong. intentional or not. Absolutely I guess was it intentional, man. Come on. Uh, yeah, so he sells it to him for 50 whatevers. Um, and there's... Little, credits. Credits, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's your, your default go-to future yeah, currency. Credits. But it's cash. He gives him cash. Yeah. Paperback credits. Uh, Paperback credits. Um, So there's a couple bits of dialogue in here that are important. First of all, he calls the uh, the guy. The guy sells it to him, gives him a real ominous look, and then leaves. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, Alvy comes back. He was like, "What was that?" Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's like, "Ah, some guy looking for the bathroom or whatever." Like, just kind of brushes it off. He's like, "Why don't you just piss on the street like everybody else does?" Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And then he, uh, let's see, what does he say? Oh, so they, he, he's like, what is this thing? Like, he's interested in the helmet. He's like, I don't know, like some kind of maintenance droid or something like that. I guess what well, he's he trying to flip it to Albie, right? Yeah, like he's, he's trying to flip it to him. He purchased it, to him. and now he's trying to resell it to Albie. Albie's like, I'll give you 10 credits. And he's like, well, fuck that noise. Yeah. Right, I'm out of here. He takes it with him. Uh, uh, this is also where we learn that it's fucking Christmas. <laughs> That's right. We forgot when the when the the zone tripper leaves, he says "Merry Christmas" to him, and then when he's uh, haggling with Alvy trying to get a better deal, he's like, "Come on, man, it's Christmas Eve." <laughs> he also says to him, uh, "Come on, man, you used to be an elf, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's not the only one saying offensive things about midgets today. Yeah. It's. Um, so I think this is this when we do we meet Jill yet, or do we? Um, no. Really get in the cab first. Uh, we meet Jill first. So, yeah, we get cut from here to um, we get a little bit of like transition scene. There's like this digital clock on a computer and we get another bit of radio as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so you Angry get Bob. Uh, Angry Bob saying uh, the death toll from the Christmas ceasefire violation. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they really go to the world building with this, it's huh? So much world building. Yeah. You know I love that shit. Yeah. Without any, like, the, context or no, explanation. the Christmas ceasefire, right? Yeah, the Christmas ceasefire was violated, so there's some casualties. He also uh, drops a little piece of information that becomes a little more relevant later. He mentions the pending, uh, the president's population control right, bill. Right, So that will come back, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, he just says that the president describes it as moving on. A, a clean break from procreation. I thought it was moving on from procreation, but that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, then we cut to a handsome woman, uh, Jill. Oh my goodness, man, she is a babe. Yeah. Let's not objectify her too much. Yeah, Stacy Travis. Stacy Is she in anything else? Not really. No. no, I looked her up. A couple. Things. I didn't recognize her at all. A couple all. things before this, and then not much after. So she's not doing much in this scene other than walking around her place, looking at her, her like sculptures. She makes herself some bug tea or something. Is that what it was? Yeah. I thought. Fucking gross, man. It's so gross. Why is she drinking the tea? And then she looks like she's enjoying it so much. But I think it's on purpose, right? Yeah. Like, there's like five or six bugs in her coffee. I think that, uh, but like, like protein is hard to come by Sure. In this dystopia. There's some right? other clues to that reality uh, later yeah, as yeah. well. So, um, yeah. Then we cut back to Mo and... Uh, shades taking uh, Lemmy's water taxi. Yeah, so they get. I love this scene, man. And they just like they get in this cab that like takes them from this one part of the city through a canal to another part. And I just want to know, like, where did they film this, man? They must have found the most dilapidated, shitty like port in Britain to film this scene. I man. guess, yeah. It's it, like it just looks like it garbage. reminded me of like. I don't know, like some like smaller region in like Vietnam or something, where people like travel around by terrible. boats or whatever. Like, like it just looks all this filthy. scum in the water like, it and just garbage looks everywhere. So, like whatever they wherever they film this, like you gotta wonder if the hazard pay was like how much these guys are getting paid in hazard pay for like. You know, I mean, being out exposed to this nasty ass fucking yeah, port. Jill's walking around with a flamethrower in her hand later too. Yeah, later. These guys are taking some risks. Yeah, no, but that's. Uh, but I do love that. I just love the like in just a few scenes here. Even though this movie ultimately kind of becomes a one location movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like they really do go all out to build this world around it. Totally, man. There's a, a line of dialogue here where I think it's uh, Mo says the shades or the other way around. He's like, I just want to be out in space again. So they allude to like that you could work in space. It's so cool. Like you never hear another thing about space. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then also, obviously, Lemmy kicks on the radio. He has to be mine to put on some tunes. It's a great song. And, of course, we hear yeah. one of the many, many Motorhead songs that, of course, I know, uh, Ace of Spades. It's pretty great. I, I actually wrote down, I know Motorhead has other songs, but I don't think I've ever heard one. So wh- what do you think it was about this guy, this director, where he had these three music icons on it. I mean, he must just be He must be friends with them, right? Or friends with them. I think that's what it is. I think he's like, maybe he was a music video director. I was going to say, I didn't check his IMDb, but maybe he directed music videos. Yeah, well, maybe when we take a break, we'll look into that real quick and we'll use our break for something constructive than just sitting here staring at my uh, TV. Normally when we take a break in the middle, we just stop and we look at each other for five straight minutes to kind of get in the zone and sync up. You know, (laughs) kiss a little bit. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, Um, it is weird that like, all these metal icon, well, metal hard rock icons are in this movie, right? It's very strange. Yeah, it's cool though. It is it a cool. cool vibe. The whole thing has a real metal vibe. There's another one that when you and I were talking about this, that we didn't mention that I'll bring up later. Okay. That besides the actors that are in it. So then when they get off the water taxi, they kind of navigate the streets a little bit before they get to uh, Jill's place, which so is where she, they're heading. So she lives um, in like an apartment block that I would compare to like one of the apartment blocks in like Mega City or something like that in Judge Dredd. Right? Yeah, it's like crazy locked down. Just a huge apartment block with tons of tenants it's all locked down by like high tech security and heavy doors there's a, there's a cool scene where they're going through like some kind of market in the, in the lobby, lobby. No, but the, what does he yeah. say he goes some 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 like synth head crashed his truck through the front door and they all yeah, just moved cr- in a land cruiser he yeah. calls it 
Um, yeah, there's a one of the things he walks by is like a meat merchant who's cutting up this giant like mutant fish. Yeah, what does he say? He's like a month ago. This was or a few months ago. This was a respectable, a, 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 an almost respectable place. Yeah. So now like it's a shithole, and we learn that uh, Jill is Moe's girlfriend or tentative girlfriend, I guess. I guess. You know, like he's on thin ice, I guess. Yeah, but as they're walking up the stairs to her place, there's a lot of dialogue between Shades and Moe about like. Oh yeah, she loves it when I come back, you know, and like he's kind of skeptical, and like she, he's talking about to him about taking care of her while he's away or whatever. Oh yeah, and Shades, Shades is definitely like the he, guy who like does all the boyfriend work, and then Mo gets to come home and fuck her. Right? I, I wrote, I'm 98 percent sure that Shades is fucking Jill when Mo's away. On There's business. no way she's not that kind of girl, man. Like, what? She's very friendly to him. To yeah, because to it's her, it's her boyfriend's best friend. Of course, she's gonna be friendly, and of course, she knows that Shades is secretly in love with her, so she's gonna accept Shades' attention while Moe's gone but she's not gonna right, fuck well you're being very trusting of Jill and she just hasn't I, earned that with me yet okay well fuck you know, I don't know why you have to default to that who hurt you you know <laughs> oh it's a bunch of women <laughs> uh, so we find out that Jill is like a hardcore fucking sculptor that she takes trash and she turns it into well, sculptures that, well, no, shit together. that nobody wants to buy apparently that nobody wants to buy I mean, yeah. he even says that later he's like well it would help if you sold a piece one of these days or something yeah, right she, um, she's catching him up on what's been going on she shows up her pet spider which is actually a tarantula. You better watch out. She might fucking turn that into tea later on. Uh-huh. She all, he also... Okay. It's a pretty funny thing here where uh, Mo makes a blowjob joke about the spider. She's like... Describes where he's like, yeah, just sucking all the lifeblood from its prey or whatever. And he's... Uh, she says she just sucks him dry. And uh, he's like, oh, I got something you could suck dry or something like that. Oh, no. And then in a beautiful twist of uh, comedic irony... Uh, Mo then gives Jill head. He gives her the sure does. the robot head. So we do see, yeah, yeah. So he gives her. This. I'm gonna get out of here. So, so she's so she's actually like didn't even really want to let him up, right? She kind of like rolled her eyes and was like, okay, fuck, fine, come in, right? Yeah, you know. And then he gives her the robot head, and she's just like. Yeah, all is forgiven. Yeah, you can stay. Yeah, right. Like yeah. she's just like, I'm gonna fucking build something cool with this. He right? knows the key to her heart. So shades pieces out. Poor shades. And like, oh my god. So, so the way that he's leaving. Yeah. So they're like making out hard, and then the camera just pans down a little bit to shades. They just ignore the fucking guy. Yeah, and, then and he, he like, like turns around and leaves slowly. Slowly backs out. Oh of the man, I felt so bad for him. Yeah, right? it was really funny. Really I rough. Know, I noticed um, that as well. And then they fuck. Yeah. Then we have a conservatively 45 minute long fuck. And this is when we get introduced to one of the other main characters in this movie. Harvey Weinstein. Well, no. You saw his name in the credits. Oh, it wasn't an actor in the movie? No, no. Uh, okay. So, spoilers. Please don't let this deter you from watching this movie. This this was a, a Weinstein production. Yeah. Um, but who you're and thinking I mean, of is... I, which is a bummer to me because I don't really like the movies he produces. I really only align with his personal views <laughs> on sex, but... Jeez. Uh, as a producer, so, I don't know. This is actually not Harvey Weinstein. This is an actor named William Hootkins, who people are going to remember as Porkins from Star Wars, or as Lieutenant Eckhart from 89 Batman. But Eckhart, think about the future, and he shoots him, right? I can't believe that's Porkins, man. Yeah. When he told me that, I was like, he what He just died the fuck? recently. He died, like, last year. He, really? Yeah. Oh, that's late, too great, The late, great uh, William Hookins. So he is, uh, I guess, like, he's in the same building, but I guess it's like a, a, like a wing, like another wing, so he can see across... Uh, from his uh, into hers with to, this to like Jill's apartment to Jill's apartment with this hyper realistic or this hyper high definition like infrared te- tele- camera tele- telephoto through tele- yeah. like, like camera and he's walking them watching them fuck buddy 
And we got we're gonna we're gonna spend some time. Yeah. So do you have you? you, I'm assuming you did. Write down some of the shit that he says while he's you know watching this. This. this Oh, you bet I did. Newly reunited couple fuck the shit out of each other. Yeah. He just is like. It's just being gross, like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, ride that big cock. Yeah, like that, take it all, take all that Take cock. it all, take all that big cock. He also says at one point, squeeze that tube, which is just... I, wow. I've never heard that before, and it grossed me the fuck out, I gotta say. No, that's really fucking gross. Um, they also show his apartment, and he's got, like, pictures of her all over the walls, and, um, like, her shoes, different, like... You know, those her shoes? I mean, they must be. They all look different sizes. I thought they, that he had like children's shoes there too, and he's just like an all around maybe, pervert. Maybe that's it, because I thought so too, but I just figured he was obsessed with, with Jill specifically. I mean, that's also clear. Um, um, he also, there's Christmas music playing in the background is, while he's is. jerking off to Jill from his apartment oh, window. It is gross. And he's and, disgusting, right? Like they give him like sores and pimp and Yeah, he's like, his lips are like, cracked and he's like licking them all the time. Oh they show it up close. He's also wearing two latex gloves. Kind of because of COVID in the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just being safe. That's unrelated. <laughs> yeah. He's also got a bunch of test tubes in there, which it's, I don't know what that's about. I think they just, like, they just told the, the props department, like, we need to get, creep out this guy's apartment by, like, a thousand more times, right? Yeah. Like, don't fucking, you know, don't skimp out on the creepy imagery He's got here. a whole thing going on. So he this, also, wait, hang on. He also, my favorite line of all that he says is after they're done fucking, they uh, cut back to creepy guy again, and he says... <laughs> Fucking bitch. God, God, I love you. <laughs> it's quite unsettling, this scene. Yeah. This is really when this movie kind of kicks into gear, right? Because up to this point, like, from the first time you watch it, you're kind of like, all right, I, you know, this is all right. It's kind of cheesy. Like, you know, it's kind of rocky at this point. Yeah. And then you and you're like, what is this new element? And then you're like, whoa. Like, it just amped it up, like, really fast. Yeah. So we, we, we cut to them in bed. So they're, they're in bed. So she wakes up. And, like, while he's asleep, just decides to disregard his sleep completely well, and just starts fucking, like, building, you know, just starts polishing up this uh, this head. She gives it, like, an American flag kind of, like, skin. There, there's a few things, that, a little, couple few things out before that I think okay. are, are worth mentioning. But, yeah. Yeah, we got to get to that. That's, that's coming up right here. So, first of all, there's a funny oh, shades. scene. Yeah, the shades. Some have the shades. And, and Alvy. Um, one right, thing that happens. Sorry. One thing that happens is when they cut back to Jill's apartment after they're done having sex, they're laying in bed, and uh, Mo says to Jill, like as they're like cuddling, he's like, "God, I love you, Jill," and she says to him, "So," and then he like immediately like turns over to face the other way in bed and curls up in the fetal position. <laughs> That was just so funny. Jeez, I don't remember that part. Poor Dylan McDermott, man. Yeah. And then we cut to Shades dropping acid in his apartment. That's right. So Shades is not having a great time, and he's decided to deal with his you know, depression here um, by dropping acid. Yeah. Uh, or some, it, some kind of drug. He says the name of it later. Some kind of future I drug, I think I right? wrote it down. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, like we say, he, we cut to Alvy for a second as well. So he's punching away at a computer. So he wants to figure out what this thing is, yeah. right, that, that Mo had. And he figures out it's a Mark 13. It's a military unit. Yeah. And he starts learning more and more about it, right? And it's, it, it's a biomechanical, auto-independent, artificially intelligent life form known as the Mark 13 Project. Yeah, so, like, these things, they're they're smart. They think they, uh, you know, they... Kill. They kill. But they do not love. 
but they're incapable of love. Yeah. They're programmed to feel pain, though. Why? Why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> um, so, Albie's doing this. We cut back to, to Jill. She's fucking... Um, yeah, would you say so she gets up in complete disregard? Yeah. <laughs> this guy who just got back from the zone, he probably, like, you know, is finally, like, sleeping in a proper bed for the first time. She just wakes up in the middle of the night and starts fucking welding. This bothered the fuck out of me, too. It really bothered was like, me, like, what man. is your problem? I'm He's almost, sleeping, I'm almost, asshole. I've almost broken up with... With women who have treated me this way, man. Like, for you know, can you? It's a sign of a sociopath. <laughs> I really think it's just totally unnecessary how she does this. But I guess having what you just told me, he's like, I love you, Jill. And she's like, yeah, well, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Or something to that effect. I kind of get it. So before she does anything with the helmet, she does two hilarious things that we have to talk about. Okay. One is she goes to her fridge. Ah. Um, which is... I love future fridges. God, I love a future fridge. Yeah, a future fridge is just... It's a window into what people think that the future is going to be like. I immediately pause it. What's in there? <laughs> What's in the fridge? What's going on in that fridge? I had two... I noted two things. And I don't usually do this. I'll talk about... I'll note one and then you can note <laughs> okay. the other. So she has a couple cartons of what they call synth milk. <laughs> yeah, synth milk. I'd love to know what's that. what that is. It's also Unigator brand synth milk. Oh, wow. To be specific. Oh, wow. Uh, and then something called lactoplasm... Which both of these seem like Milk. simulated dairy products, I guess. Because how else are people going to get protein? They're eating. They're reduced to eating fucking bugs, man. Yeah, and mutant fish. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah, that was hilarious. There's some other stuff. I tried so hard to read it, but like, I just it's not high enough definition. No. It's an old enough movie that you can't tell. Yeah, There's like a jar that looks kind of like mayonnaise that's got maybe like Korean writing on it or something in there. It's it's crazy. It's a good future for. I'd like to get permission from the production company to make a synth milk T-shirt. Oh my god! Like drink synth. Oh, that would be great. That would be really yeah, funny. Drink synth. If our podcast ever gets famous enough to do T-shirts, we're doing synth. If milk. you're a real handsome boys fan, you only drink synth milk. <laughs> um, now with vitamin R. That with vitamin R. <laughs> uh, Jill also does a little channel surfing before she gets. To oh work. yeah, I love like the t- the fact that like she's a TV junkie. I don't know why that makes me happy. If, no, nobody predicted streaming in the future. No, eh? it's all just TV channels. Still, still getting I mean, broadcast. To be fair though, dude, it's 2020. And like fucking, I have a lot. Like I still have people calling me up and ordering cable. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, channel surfing is still an option. So maybe she just doesn't have like a PVR, you know. Um, so on the TV, the things that she flips through, uh, we get the news, which talks a little more about the uh, emergency the population control bill. Uh, we get what appears to just be some kind of porn, some kind of spanking porn yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, what what I could only determine as a cooking show where somebody is cutting up one of those giant fish that we saw earlier yeah, in the lobby. That's right. And most importantly, a Guar music video. Yes, Guar. Right. That was Guar. <laughs> yes, I was going to ask you about that. I don't know if the song was Guar, but the video was absolutely Guar. So we're dealing with a, with a guy here, Richard Stanley. Like, he must have been a pretty cool fucking guy when he made this yeah. movie, man. Like, holy shit. Yeah, this, this movie's got style. I got, I got some shit to tell you about this guy. And you're going to, I think you, you might even already know it. So I'm probably just reminding you, but okay. you're going to like it. Awesome. Um, so she starts welding. And this is another part that yeah, we have to note this. So as she's welding and making noise, we cut to the Chinese family that <laughs> lives below her. And the Chinese his mom is like banging on the ceiling with yeah. her broom like shut up it's fucking four o'clock in the morning why are you doing this it's like 4 a.m right yeah right like we're not that late yet because i guess this whole thing takes place over the night right but it's like it's late jill's like, a piece of shit she's a real okay. fucking like i'm not i'm not into jill not yet anyway yeah. right at this point i don't really like jill she's kind of rude to mo but we don't know how mo left right like it sounds to me like he kind of just 
got redeployed and just peaced out on her. I right? mean, Mo's no angel himself. No. He's kind of a dick too. So the the Asian neighbors are important for uh, for later. So um, and then we cut back to Jill and she's got that the head and what what does she do with the head? Oh, Nathan, she paints it with the stars and stripes, baby. Oh, yeah. God bless America. She really... Don't tread on me, Nathan. She really uh, she really kind of, like, displays her love for America and that she's a Trump supporter with, <laughs> <laughs> with the pattern. And I'm assuming that this is a universe that was a result of Trump getting reelected. This is, so, this is two years in our future. <laughs> oh, nice. So it's totally feasible. <laughs> All right. Um, so she she's also got all these it, it dolls. Looks, I gotta say, it looks cool as hell. It does. She also has all these dolls that like these like little baby dolls that she, she found melts with a blowtorch. Yeah, I mean, like, we've all been there. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, and then drip them up. Never mind. Uh, so she makes this big sculpture. Now Mo wakes up. You know, and he's kind of just like, what? What the fuck is going on? Uh, so he wakes up. You know, I'm they, trying to sleep. You fucking bitch. They kind of get into a bit of a a bit of a debate. You know he's he's complaining about her being on welfare and not selling her uh, not selling her her sculptures. Yeah. And then she's like, "Yeah, well, you're a dick. You just left me. You're lucky I let you in here at all." They talk about the baby bill a little bit. Right. And then he says, like, you know, she's very like cynical. Like Jill's very bitter, right? Oh yeah. And I mean, you can't really blame her. Like, I mean, you can in a way, I'm sure. But if you think about her character, like she's this beautiful woman who's kind of by herself and has to like essentially isolate herself to this apartment or she might get fucking raped and murdered, right? I, I feel like maybe whoever wrote this movie or directed it had, like, this is based on, like, maybe an ex that they had that was, like, some kind of avant-garde, protesty type artists that was, like, welding shit. I think so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Very unloving. So, uh, and at the same time now, Alvi is figuring shit out and he's kind of yes. scared, right? He's kind of like, this is not good. Uh, I just let Mo walk away with a really dangerous... Battlebot, Battle, killbot. killbot. It's a killbot, basically. It's a, it's a major killbot. It's a major killbot. So he phones Mo, and he's like, "Mo, Mo, Mo, you gotta come down here." And Mo's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever, fuck, yeah. right?" Basically. Yeah. He, so then he calls Mo. He's like, "Hey, Mo, uh, I, I'm looking for Mr. Freely. First name IP. <laughs> is there an IP Freely? <laughs> no." So he calls up Mo and he tells him what's up. I think Mo's skeptical at first, but then. Uh, he agrees to go. He says there's big bucks. He says, yeah, well, because this thing's probably worth a fortune, right? Yeah. And then we cut back, and I guess Mo had forgotten a piece of the of the hardware <laughs> at Alvi's pawn shop, and you see this fucking hand with a scorpion tail, like like the Adams Family creature, like running, walking around. Thing? Yeah, like yeah. Thing walking around with a fucking, and he's reading the features of it, right? Like, oh, the features are great. Yeah. Did you write any of that down? Uh, no, did you? Yeah, yeah. So first of all, the, the, so he's, the, there's a female's like robotic automated voice listing off all the features of the Mark. 13. I think it's like it's like the salesman voice. It's like, hey, you want to buy the Mark 13? This yeah. is what the Mark 13 can do, right? right? That's it's what a it military. Is. Pro, it's like a right. prototype military. Right, and like and like and like, what's that company that makes all the shit for the U.S.? Like someone like that built it or something, or like right? Boston Dynamics or some or shit. Uh, you know Boeing or not Boeing? What's the other one? What like the one that, that makes the missiles? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Missile. right? The one in Colorado. Missile Co. You know, that everybody works for, right? There's that. Yeah. What is that called? Well, Whatever. it's not important. It's not important. The important thing is that they rule the world now yeah. in this world. So uh, so the, some of the features of the Mark 13, um, whatever it was, biomechanical, auto-independent yeah. life form, are it has six limbs for attacking with various types of weapons, yeah. including saws and blades, and three, like, back, I don't care about the wording, but backup limbs that it has as well. It's got a lot of limbs. We yeah. figured this out. It also has... Uh, 
let's see. Oh, I think maybe that gets mentioned later. It just it describes the um, um, like poison that it can inject. The neurotoxin. Neurotoxin yeah. it can inject from the tubes. So that's really that's super important. That's also something I missed the first time I watched this movie, and that is that's key. Definitely. So what happens is uh, Mo leaves while. Uh, Jill's asleep. Now, so, now it's her turn to sleep, and he leaves quietly because he's respectful yeah. of her. Um, and uh, goes to, to Albie's to see what's up. In the meantime, Albie has been stung by this um, hand thing. Yeah, it injects these little tubules out of its yeah. syringes, out of its fingertips, and it gets him in the neck. Yeah. And, and then, oh, that, 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 I must not have written it down, but it describes the effects of it. So you go, cr- it, so you go crazy first. It, like kill, you see, it kills people within seconds, and the target will even enjoy the feeling. You, you, you hallucinate with euphoria before you die. Yeah, it's, so right? it's obviously it's chemical compound is related to the gas from '89 Batman that Jack Napier. That's right. Is for people with that's right porkins brought it with him from the set um <laughs> before mo gets to alvi's is we get a great scene where uh the porkins calls jill right right okay so take us through this call because it's yeah. really fucking gross it's great he no he doesn't call he shows up because he's on no, the video not yet. not yet he doesn't Is show it? up yet well because no. he's oh, he no, doesn't show there. up yet yeah, yeah you're right you're right right so yeah he calls her and she answers, and uh, he's just saying a whole bunch of creepy shit to her. Oh, Bob sex. He says, "Oh, if he says he's Mo, he's like, hey, it's uh, it's Mo. Uh, I decided to come back, baby. Uh, you know, you should you should let me up or whatever. Uh, we we should. Uh, I'm ready to go again. Uh, yeah, it's like I think I think we should try it in the up the butt this time. What do you think about that? Uh, Hershey Highway. Take, there, take baby. the Hershey Highway. What about string of popcorn? I put a string of popcorn up your ass. And I'll pull it out. You know, one one kernel at a time. How's that sound? Wow. Take a trip down the Hershey Highway. Yeah, he is." Really, I also noticed that she. What I thought she and she's been smoking this whole time, and at first I thought they were cigarettes. They're joints. They're joints. She's yeah. Just no wonder she's so fucking shitty. She's just baked out of her tree all the time. They're in a, a actual pack. cigarette pack. Yeah. What a prediction of the future. Yeah. You uh, get they're, that now. they're actually called major good vibes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's hilarious. So. Uh, she, but she's been getting these crank calls for a while now, right? And I think that she calls security, and the security guards are like, "There's no one there. There's not much we can do, right?" Yeah. So uh, she also watches TV again for a second, and uh, we get a commercial for radiation-free reindeer steaks just in time for Christmas. Wow, that sounds disgusting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We do. Uh, we do now. I think cut back to Alby or Moe's getting to Alby's place. Yeah. And Alby's dead, and um, some of it got recorded, so you can actually hear Alby like going through his like euphoric insanity before he dies, which is pretty creepy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so he figures this out. He finds all the pictures of the Mark 13. Mo realizes, oh shit, I made a terrible mistake. So he tries to call Jill. She's not answering. But meanwhile, at Jill's place, though. The machine is starting to assemble right. itself. Right, so that is so cool. Well, so that comes sh- up in the description of the Mark 13 is that it can self-assemble right. itself from any power source, including right. the sun. So it just, like, basically starts to realign, re- like, reassemble itself back in the apartment. So he's super freaked out. He calls Shades. I love this scene. He calls his best bro, and he's like, there's the situation. Yeah. Shades is so fucking high. He's, he's like, mate... Fucked. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> he says, "I took that. You remember that tab of whatever I was saving?" <laughs> yeah. uh, he says two really funny things here. 
Uh, he says his heart feels like an alligator. <laughs> is, I thought just a really well-observed acid trip line. Oh, man. And uh, then he, at the end, he also gets real into this moth that's on his window. Yeah, he's trying to, like, get his shit together. He's, like, trying to put his pants on, and he's yeah. trying to, like, get clothed, and he's fucking falling down. It's falling very funny. Face. Yeah, he's basically Moe's trying to get him to go check on Jill before yeah. he can get back there. So Jill is asleep and uh, gets woken up violently by the Mark 13 attacking her. Yeah, finally. when it was assembling itself, it's not completely... Complete yet, but no. it got like a, it got some legs, it's got a saw arm it got going a saw on. on its arm. Yeah, um, it's got its little tubules full of poison, all ready to, ready yeah. to go. Um, yeah, it fucking saws into her bed and attacks her. She runs away. It doesn't chase her, I guess. She's like hiding on the other like, end of the apartment. I feel like it's kind of because they're intelligent, right? I feel like it's kind of hunting her. Like it's yeah. fucking with her a bit. Like it wants to kind of hunt her a little bit. I also read it as like it's not fully like operational yet. Like it's still kind of piecing and piecing itself together. Figuring it's definitely out. not for the for the strength for the movie to go on. It can't kill her right away. So for whatever reason, uh, it yeah. doesn't. Right. So right when this happens is when Porkins shows up. Oh, he sure does. And. And this has got to be, in the history of movies, one of the most unsettling scenes <laughs> in the world. So amazing. Uh, he says he's just checking in. Yeah, just checking in. He also just immediately, like, gives up the, his, shows his hand, and he's like, I've been watching you, and, like, I know you, I'm your well, neighbor. Well, he identifies himself as the reason that he knows her is because he installed her security system for her when she moved in, and she was nice to him. And gave him a cup she of coffee. She offered him a cup of coffee yeah. and all this stuff. And he, she's just such a bitch, she's like, I don't remember you. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he introduces himself as Lincoln Weinberg Jr. So Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, this can't be a coincidence. No. Stanley must have had a bad experience with one of those brothers. Man. Yeah, uh, it's like the way that like a lot of the SNL like, uh, well, like graduates how... put fucking Lauren Michaels and everything. Yeah, exactly right. And also, uh, yeah, um, in Entourage, uh, Maury Chaykin, the Canadian actor, played Harvey Weingard, which is like the same guy, kind of right. Okay, so, man, they like, they like taking stabs at these guys. So this guy looks hilarious, man. He's wearing like a Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt. shirt and shorts, and a ponytail, s- a ponytail and sandals. He looks exactly like you would imagine. Yeah, like, like a fucking gross fat, gross perv, would, and and he has the gloves on still. He still has, the, yeah, he still has the COVID gloves on. Nobody else in the world does, but he's got these latex, oh. clear latex gloves it's on. Bizarre, man. So weird. It's like, are you are you a stock boy at a grocery store? Is that why you're wearing those? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Um. So basically, she tells him she lets him in, probably because she's scared. He lets himself in. He hacks oh, yeah. the door, and the door closes right she's after. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then he explains. She explains to him that this robot tried to kill her. And he's, like, half not interested in it. He's more trying to, like... He thinks that she's just talking shit, so he'll leave. Yeah, because she says, right? like, oh, I have a boyfriend. He's asleep in the other room. Like... But he knows that he's gone. He watched the exactly. leave, right? So... Um, he does a couple of great things here. The song? Yeah. She says... He's looking around for the main computer or whatever so he can fix the door lock. So he can override it. Override it or whatever. Because he says he knows all the passwords and codes because he built the system or whatever. Yeah, and she says, like, you know, to keep talking so he can tell where she is because the lights are are all out at this point, right? The robot shorted out the lights. And he's got the torch. And then um, he keeps trying to talk and she's, like, getting really annoyed. And he's like, do you want me to sing? And she's like, I really don't care. (laughs) And then he sings this song, uh, the Wibberly Wobberly song is what I called it. It's fucking Weird. It's so weird and crazy. At the very last line, too, he goes, it's like, and the Wibberly Wobberly girls, and then there's silence for a second, and he goes, I made that up. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> uh, fucking weirdo. Duh. 
Uh, and this is at the point that I, in the movie that I wrote, okay, he's starting to win me over. <laughs> <laughs> so he finally goes to the console. He also licks her face at one point. Does he? Yeah, he gets real closer. She says something to him, and he's like, okay. And he licks her on the nose, and she's like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, it's fucking crazy. That must have smelled great. Yeah. Uh, so he gets too close to the window. He tries- no, he says, no, he goes, you're blinds. Yeah. They're closed. And she goes, wait. No, they're not. Yeah. And then, oh, man. So we get our first... He wants those blinds open so he can keep peeping on Yeah. We get our first, uh, we get our first, you know, full-on, like, Mark 13 ripping somebody to shreds here. And it does not disappoint. Oh, no, man. It eviscerates this guy. Oh, yeah. Just crushes his eyes. First, it shoots him up with the toxin, stabs out his eyes, and just rips into pieces, shoots one of his arms right through his body. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's just so savage. The the gore in this movie is great. I, I will say, this is like... Halfway through the movie, it does take a long it takes time a to get, while going. To get yeah. going, but it's worth it, and it's you're not really bored the whole time because no. I think because of the world. Building. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So um, also, there's a great scene here where when it's chewing up Porkins, uh, the Chinese uh, tenant underneath hammers still, the still banging the on broom it, broom yeah. on the ceiling, and she goes, uh, "Shameful, not even married, yeah, not even married." Basically, calling Jill a whore. Yeah, you know, it's hilarious. So, um, so she's getting chased around by this thing again. Uh, she discovers its only weakness, which is the fridge. So she's <laughs> yeah. got to go in there where it's cold. She figures out that he's turned. It's turned on all the heating units in the apartment so they can see her, right? Yeah, she figures out that it's got... Um, infrared. Infrared lenses yeah, so in she eyes. So she turns the fridge up to max. I actually like this scene. She goes right into the fridge and it kind of like half knows she's there but can't tell so it's like fucking with her. It's like breaking glass in front of her and stuff. Yeah, it and, like, crushes that jar of weird mayonnaise in her it face. It does, yeah. Um, also, during this... We get, I guess, a little explanation of why nobody's been watching the security door, which is the security guy. You cut to the security guy for a second, and he's playing chess with like with the other the other guy. chief of security guy, who is a uh, older, like a sixty-year-old Jamaican guy wearing football pads. Yeah, they're all wearing like you know the post-apocalyptic, you know. Sp- Sports yeah. equipment you're, that you're, indicates that you're a authority figure. Yeah, your standard fucking Mad Max wasteland. Exactly, gear. right? Uh, so they don't know what's going on. Shit's getting pretty real inside of the apartment at this point. But now Shades and uh, and Mo have showed back up. Just before that, the Mark 13 accidentally, like in the, in the, the scuffle, it rips off the top of her acetylene tank for her uh, blowtorch. Right, sure does. Uh, and she, uh, before right before they get there, she lights a, like a piece of paper or something on fire and throws it in the kitchen and it blows them up. That's right. So she's, so Jill has proven herself she's not going to quit, right? Like she's been through a lot. I'm going to hazard a guess and say this character's probably been assaulted before. Yeah, she is know? an independent woman. No, uh, I that. She's not, she's uh, capable. She's very capable. She's not fucking around. She's definitely not going to let this robot get the best of her. So yeah, she, she blows the robot up this finally starts like a you know an alarm an alert that spurs the security team into action mo and shades meet up with them so they finally go upstairs and the door opens and all of them just unload on the mark 13, yeah shotguns right? just shit. blasting the shit out of this thing pushing it back further and further the classic movie trope is they shoot so many times it flies out the window yeah uh also funny here is just before they show up some more wild music. I think this, you probably noticed this one. It's like this super synthy, oh, yeah. like future jazz bass lick. It's and really I was, good. I was real into it. I rewound yeah. it just so I could listen to it again. It's super fun. 
Um, but yeah, like you said, they blast him out the window, the Mark 13. Oh, and she's all fucked up too. Things get weird. Like we should we should remark that she. Is oh yeah, like she's all fucked. Badly up. injured, like yeah. she's burned now. Hands all cut up. Her arms were sliced open by the by the Mark 13. There's some gruesome scenes in here, not just from the Mark 13, but from like her. Like Die Hard style, like stumbling around in glass. That's a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of that in this though. Like close-ups of people getting their hands cut on glass or whatever. Yeah. So everyone. So, so this is sort of where everything kind of, you know, unravels. So they think it's dead. They do the rookie mistake of going outside to check on it, and this is when it reaches uh, reaches from the precipice and pulls Jill down. Now she's hanging on like a laundry line or something like that, or a power, uh, line. power line. And that's why because yeah. Mo, he's, she's like, "Save me, Mo!" And he's like, "I can't. You're holding onto a power line. If yeah. I grab you, it'll kill." Well, yeah, and he's got like a metal robot hand. Or oh something. yeah, we, we totally glossed over that. Yeah. Mo has a straight up robot hand. Also, we glossed over the fact that Dylan McDermott doesn't age. Yeah. He looks the same. He's, he's, he's 25 in this movie or 50? Uh, I don't know. You can't tell. Yeah. So, you know, good on him. That's good uh, That's good breeding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, he can't He can't save her. She fucking... The, the thing snaps. She falls down into the Asian people's apartment yeah. and slams down on the ground and she just appears to be dead you at that You think she's dead. Yeah. yeah. So, it cuts back to Mo. Everyone else runs oh. down. I think... Did Mo do something to the robot here? Well, no. So, what happens is everybody else runs down, yeah. right? And Mo Mo is like freaking out. He's got the shotgun and he's f- trying to fucking subdue the Mark 13. But the Mark 13 gets a hold of Mo and uh, oh, Mo has blasted this thing, right? Yeah. And the Mark 13 gets a hold of him and shoots him up with the uh, neurotoxin. And this is when shit gets fucking demented. Before we get into that, I just want to make a quick second to point out because I mean we talked about how cool the Mark 13 killing people is, but it looks so rad, man. It's so weird. With its like USA like face, you know, the flag on its face. Like, it's hard. I can't really describe this thing. We're gonna post a couple some cool pictures. Real of it. cool animatronics we'll and more some, miniatures going on. We'll post some cool pictures on Instagram of it before mm-hmm. we post this episode. Yeah. Like, because you really need to see it, like have a visual context of this thing, because we can't really describe how it looks. Like, it's hard to describe. So the thing is, like, she puts the helmet into like her sculpture, which is supposed to be some kind of like. Spider web, yeah, a spider thing. web, yeah. So it doesn't really have a body. It's got like just parts, kind of. It like through itself. It has like a weird base. You never like, get a full body shot of it. He's just kind of no. like coming out from behind computers or whatever. Right? Well, you get a full shot of it during Mo's uh, drug-induced hallucination. True. Yes. Okay. So uh, yeah. So he gets. He, you said he gets, uh, he gets poisoned. Poked, yeah. Poked with that neurotoxin or whatever. And then, what does he do? He, like, launches it out the window or something. No, that's before. Like, it's just oh, laying okay. there next to him. All I remember, I just have a line here where Mo thinks he's one at one point, and he says the line, uh, you can't fuck with me. You can't fuck with Mo. Yeah, and that, but that's after he's been ejected. So he gets up and he falls right back down, right? Right. And he kind of pulls himself up into the slumps into the corner and starts having these fucking insane hallucinations that remind me of, like, a Max Headroom episode or something yeah, like that. Yeah, shit gets real trippy here at the it's end. It's real and weird. Slow. Slow. A lot of slow-mo. It's really kind of sad, actually, because it just shows him slowly, like, having these... He has this really, like, like sentimental memory of, like, being in bed with Jill. Yeah. And then everything kind of just, like, fades the, away into, like, nothing. The reason it didn't kill him, though... Right off the bat. ...is when he got poisoned is he takes out his knife out of his boot and slits his wrist, I believe, to, like... Well, tries to, to tries suck, to suck, suck the out. blood out, right? But he can't. He's, do- he's done, right? Yeah. So he dies. It is kind of sad, actually, right? Because, like, you kind of you kind of root for Mo a little bit here. You kind of think Moe's not that bad of a guy, and, like, you wanted Mo to be the hero, right? But it's not really him. He's, a, he's in love with Jill. Yeah. Right? Like... 
So we're almost done here, actually. Yeah. Um, so Jill, not dead. Not dead. So, they, so this is this is one of my favorite parts. So they take her back up to her to her unit, right? The security guards, and this is when we find out that the Mark Thirteen is still alive. And when one of the guys is trying to get inside the door, it's the it's the chief, the, the security chief. chief the Jamaican he closes guy. the door on him, and he gets cut in half. And it is quite possibly one of the most fucking insane graphic cut in half moments in the history Funny. of cinema man you know me I couldn't have loved this more. oh my god this is one of my favorite deaths I think I've ever seen in a movie first it kind of crushes him but then it, the door opens again and crushes him again yeah. and it splits him perfectly in half oh man and blood just sprays Shades pulls him back right and yeah. just everywhere they all get covered and Shades is tripping balls yeah, at this Shades point. is so high and his like he shoots his gun off and of course it hits the other security guards square in the head so his yeah. head blows up everywhere so he's fucking yeah. dead now Shades is having the worst trip ever right oh god now. he's never gonna get high again <laughs> and uh and the door slams shut so now Jill again is stuck inside the fucking apartment yeah she's with, grabbed a baseball bat yeah with the Mark 13 to, 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 to try to save Mo yeah so she sees Mo he's dead she's sad Right, and then this is, I think, the time—the only time in this movie we get like proper lighting. So yeah. she goes into the bathroom and turns yeah. the lights on in the bathroom, because it all takes place. At, it all takes place at night, right? So it's all it was dark. Yeah, and so, the, everything's even in the daytime. It's kind of dark. Well, it's gloomy because yeah. they're outside. But now we have like fl- like clear fl- fluorescent lights, and it's jarring because like all of a sudden you're in this like perfectly lit bathroom. And you finally get a good look at the Mark Thirteen as it's coming in to finish the job. Yeah. Right. And early on, we forgot to note, like the when the when the the, the consumer voice or whatever is explaining the, the why the specs of why that. it was pulled off the market temporarily is because it has a moisture reaction issue. It has a insulation can't uh, get wet uh, defect basically. Yeah. Right. So Jill is you know this is when the, all the glass happens. It's shattering the glass around her, um, and then Shades comes in uh, with the handgun. Yeah. I I wrote down. I mean, he does shoot it. But it kind of feels like he didn't need to be there. No. Like he basically does nothing. He no. puts a gun to his head. She's like, shoot him. And he doesn't shoot for yeah. like 10 seconds. Yeah. So she actually gets out, turns the shower on, and fucking shorts him out. Yeah. And oh, I guess before this, actually, we, you know, he has a, she almost has a conversation with it. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Bumblebee or something. Kind of, like, right? Yeah, like Bumblebee, where he's talking to her through the voices that he's recorded. Sound bites. And it's and almost shit. asking her to kill it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't want to be alive. It doesn't feel, it's not feeling this, this whole thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, why are you doing this or whatever? And it says something like complete mission. Cause this is what I do. Like I kill, right? Yeah. It's a kill bot. Yeah. So she finally, I don't know no better. Yeah. So she finally, uh, sprays it down, bashes it to fucking pieces with the, uh, with the baseball bat. Yeah. And breaks her, the bat on it. Yeah. And her and Shades are the ones who live. So now Shades fucks her. Yeah. yeah now, now he assumes the role. Yeah, he assumes the role of the, the man. The cuckolding is complete. And then, and then I guess at the very end, uh, the, the Iggy Pop's uh, Angry Bob's voice says that the Mark 13 has gone into full production. Yeah. Yeah, mass produced the Mark 13. Yeah, so that's, so that's going to create a bunch of jobs. So yeah. yeah. All you all you unemployed people get out there with your resumes. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, he does say that, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a bleak ending, which I know is right up your alley. Even though the hero gotcha. lives, right? It's not really like a happy sewn up in a little package ending, right? Nah, man. This is a good... I mean, it's not... I mean, I love a genre-bending movie, and this movie is essentially a horror movie. Well, the reason I kind of thought about this is because I wanted to watch this with you is because we were talking about uh, space or sci-fi horror and how few examples of true sci-fi horror there are. Totally. Like, there's, this is, there's Alien is the best one. There's probably. Event Horizon, obviously. Event Horizon, which we talked about. Yeah, but this is a true sci-fi horror movie, right? This is a movie with all this, like, world-building that builds this huge, really large sci-fi universe and really fucking throws some scary shit into it. And the Mark 13 is truly a menacing villain. 
Yeah, what a huge world built in a 90-minute, essentially, horror In a $1.5 million film, right? Like, they did so much with so little. A a lesson in world building. It really is. Like, Star Wars did it, obviously, but Star Wars was a massive movie with a huge budget. Well, the first one didn't have the biggest budget. I guess, but... Bigger than this one comparatively, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, this is a small movie by, you know, all accounts. Any stretch, yeah. So... I loved it. I loved it too. Uh, I'm glad think, you did. I think we both would definitely recommend this movie. I recommend you know you you get your girl and you know on Christmas Eve tell you, her you're gonna watch Wally. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's really this movie. Get, and you'd be like, oh, I fucked up. Yeah, you get you get your eggnog and your your figgy pudding and tuck in for a get, get what is get your a nightcap and your gown and throw open the sash and. Okay, you're making it weird now. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a Christmas movie. Is it, what I'm saying. I give it. Five telescopic lenses out of five. That's funny that that's the angle you went because I'm gonna give this five pieces of popcorn out of five. Oh wow! <laughs> All right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be back with some questions and what we learned. Go fuck yourselves. <clears throat> I'm a man of few words. Any questions? All right, we're back with some questions. Chris, do you have any questions for me this week? I have a couple of questions. Uh, first and foremost, Nathan. Uh, you know, what would be your go-to beverage? Lactoplasm or synth milk? I'm going to go with synth milk. No yeah. question at all. Yeah, lactoplasm just sounds gross to me. I don't... See, I don't like... I don't s- like plasm in my food. <laughs> I think I could dissociate myself from what's in it by the futury name of lactoplasm. So okay. I think I'd be the lactoplasm guy. I don't like fake... Like, I eat a lot of vegetarian, but I don't like fake meat. You know, like tofurkey. Like synth turkey? So, yeah. So I don't really think I want the synth milk. I'm gonna Fine. Go, I'm a lactoplasm boy. Whatever. Wither away and die. See if I care. <laughs> I'm going to get your essential vitamin R. i get your vitamin R from it. Uh, okay. And then... Um, um, Another one, like, obviously we both love the world building in this movie, and there's a lot of it, so if you were living in this world that this movie uh, presents, what role do you think you would fit in? What, what niche would you carve out for yourself in this future? Well, as fun as steampunk welder um, seems to be, I think I would be pervert neighbor, you know? You just kind of get to uh, watch Jill and, you know, say gross things. Seems like a win. I mean... Yeah, it's hard to argue with. There's not a lot of money in the in the welding uh, sculpture no, we business. Know. So, um, as Mo points out, I'm I'm think I'm going either uh, water taxi driver. Oh yeah. Or I could do the cooking show where you carve up the mutant fish. Fair enough. You are well. you are an excellent cook. Thank you. All right. Um, get mix you know a little dash of lactoplasm, <laughs> a little bit of synth milk in there. Get yourself a curry. Just a scotch of synth milk. Uh, cool. You got yourself a stew going, friend. Um, all right, my well, I only have one question. Uh, obviously, this movie featured a killer robot. It did. <laughs> Do you have any other? Jill? No, I'm gonna open this up to all media, all Jill's entertainment mediums here. Uh, what are your favorite killer robots? Um, Not including Terminator. Including the Terminator. Yeah. Um, I you know what I like, and actually this movie reminded me of briefly. I think for obvious reasons is the interrogation droid in Star Wars. Oh yeah, it's like just a floating ball with a, syringe? with a bunch of syringes and like torture implements. I like a, I like I like HK forty seven from Star Wars. Which one is he now? So he's like I think he was briefly featured in Empire Strikes Back. It was mm-hmm. like one of the bounty hunters, but I think he's in one of the Knights of the Old Republic games or something. Oh, like okay, that. yeah, like IG eighty eight's another. Game yeah, well that's what, that's what I'm thinking of. IG eighty eight. That's yeah. that's the model it is. HK forty seven is a different. Well, oh man, I loved in fucking The Mandalorian when they had one of the IG units yeah. play a bigger part. That's Taika Waititi. such a fucking killing machine. The way yeah. he's like, the way like it's torso twists yeah, in different yeah, directions yeah. and like... That's oh, a wicked one. So cool. Um, yeah. 
I mean, that's... I think that covers it. All right, cool. Questions well, asked and answered. That was questions. Uh, not our best. <laughs> but whatever. We're going to be back hey, with what no, we learned. Hey, no, that was great. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. All right, we're going to be back with what we learned. What did you learn? All right, we're back with what we learned. And uh, I didn't learn anything. Uh, I don't have anything tongue-in-cheek or goofy to say. I actually did learn some interesting stuff. About... Don't worry, I have something tongue-in-cheek and goofy oh, to good. say. I uh, learned some interesting stuff. Well, first off, I learned that this movie was actually originally X-rated, and they had to cut a lot of the gore and nudity and sex from Aww. it. I know, right? To, uh, to achieve the R rating. So... Fuck you, Motion Picture Association. Association of America. Yeah, fuck you. I mean, so it is possible that there is even a more graphic cut of this movie out there somewhere. We'll probably never see it, but I thought that was kind of cool. That's awesome. Also, so Richard Stanley, the guy who directed this movie, he has a big gap in his films. So he does this, which is fairly successful, right? And he does a couple more, you know, uh, like another, um, you know, another movie. Uh, and then he gets the keys to this big budget Hollywood feature the Island of Dr. Moreau holy shit really yeah, starring uh, and he wrote it and he was supposed to direct it and he just could not handle Marlon Brando shocker and uh, so he got fired and John Frankenheimer had to come in and take over and this is the story of the guy he didn't like he wouldn't leave he like hung around in the jungle and like was all weird like wore the monster masks and stuff like that so he yeah. kind of got pushed over the edge by that experience isn't that movie like notoriously one of the most like the biggest debacles yeah. of like filmmaking yeah process? it's shit like it's an unwatchable movie it's fucking insane and it's just complete trash if, if you if you want to watch it just for context and the humor don't just, don't waste your time man. oh no like, watch it and just don't take your eyes off Val Kilmer the whole time I mean <laughs> it's just a real stinker so that put him off of Hollywood and he hasn't done anything Hollywood related or, until this uh, Color Out of Space movie with Nick Cage which is based on an H.P. Lovecraft uh, book and I think you gotta watch it it's fantastic I hear it's dope yeah so that's really good it's just gaining more steam now so much like hardware I think this guy is best suited with a limited palette and kind of just sticking with what he knows yeah and like making smaller films they can still be cool but like I mean obviously like when things got too big get too big and maybe you're dealing with the wrong egos you can you know can spin out of control pretty quick and yeah, apparently Marlon Brando wasn't exactly easy to deal with by the end so I'm sure uh, Nick Cage is much easier to work with than I Marlon think Nick Brando. Cage like is just gonna do what you tell him to do right and you can kind of probably collaborate with an actor like that and say well what do you think Nick Cage would do in this scene and not be and not have it be an ego thing right he seems so, like especially in his later career he's just a real team player he seems like that right yeah. I think he's just happy to be working so much still to be honest people still <laughs> Gotta pay off those dinosaur bones. People still debts. want a piece of Nick Cage. Ken, you don't afford T-Rex skulls if you don't keep working. Did you, you know? Did you have anything else uh, you wanted to add about the movie? Any other final thoughts? Or? No, I mean, I was just going to joke that I guess I learned that no matter how horrible things get, like, you know, the office of the presidency and the U.S. government stays intact and continues to control the common man and beat oh, us this down. Is, this so. is definitely like a, a movie that speculates that Donald Trump gets reelected in November. A, so. a stern vision of things to come. Yeah, so hopefully that's not the case. Um, but yeah, we really recommend hardware, and I think that's all we have for this week, so y'all go fuck yourselves. Bye, bitches. Oh, we all walk the wibberly wobbly walk, and we all talk the wibberly wobbly talk. Oh, we all wear wibberly wobbly ties, and we look at all the pretty girls with wibberly wobbly eyes.